0: Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, and this is episode nine of Passionate Pioneers. In this episode, we spoke with a senior corporate executive and entrepreneur with 20 years of experience in healthcare consulting and software development and is a recovering addict. After battling addiction for 15 years, Matt Seafeld started his company, My LifeLink. My LifeLink is empowering those who are actively dealing with addiction to connect and engage with other recovering addicts and receive guidance and support in their journey to abstinence. Additionally, MyLifeLink is being used by care providers, hospitals, and behavioral health clinics as a recovery tool to help and support their patients to achieve positive and long-term success with their care plan. During our time together, Matt courageously shared his very personal story of pain and despair and how he has triumphed to now lead a global sober tribe through the community he has created and the technology his team has built. Toward the end of the podcast, Matt shared several action items how others can plug into his community and receive help, both for people seeking answers and the family members and friends that are dedicated to supporting them. And before we dive into the podcast, I want to thank Matt for his openness and vulnerability during our time together. Because of leaders like Matt, I'm confident we can, in fact, positively impact addiction recovery in our nation, and I hope you will join and support him on his journey. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Matt, welcome to our podcast, being recorded at Halo Creative Labs, located inside of Angel MD's headquarters here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver.
1: Mike, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really looking forward to sharing a little bit more about myself and what we're doing here at My LifeLink.
0: Well, Matt, I'm honored to have you as a guest on the podcast in order for our community to hear from a senior corporate healthcare executive turned entrepreneur after battling addiction for 15 years and turning this despair into incredible triumph through the international movement you have created and the technology you have built to help power it. But before we dive into your amazing story and the community you are building, I want to frame up a bit how far-reaching addiction is in our country. According to the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, in 2017, 20 million adults battled a substance abuse disorder and almost 74% of adults suffering from a substance abuse disorder struggled with alcohol use, and 38% of adults battled an illicit drug use disorder. Matt, these statistics are overwhelming. But I know with leaders like you in our communities, we can help bring hope and prosperity to our friends and family members. But before we learn more about your inspiring journey and the company that you founded, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. So Matt, I'm going to randomly select one of three questions for you to answer for our icebreaker session. And the one that came up is, what is your favorite place on earth that you've ever been and why? Mike, that's a great question
1: for someone who's flown, I think, 4 million miles in my 20-year career. It's going to sound interesting that an airplane didn't get me to this place. But when I was right out of college, I did a trip through the western United States with one of my uh, good friends and fraternity brother. And we ended up in a remote part of Glacier, Montana, Glacier National Park. We were probably 40 miles off the road, off a dirt road. And I remember sitting at the base of a lake and a thunderstorm was coming in. And, and that was a point in time where I was so at peace and so spiritually fit. i never wanted to leave there. I never did. And when, you know, when I get worked up, I always go back to that, that moment. And I'll tell you, when we get into this podcast, there's a lot of reasons for me needing to go back to that moment because life was simpler back then. It was nature. It was a backpack. It was
0: a fly rod and it was peaceful. Sometimes the most simple experiences are the most memorable. John Mayer would say it as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that, Matt. It is a beautiful area of our country. Well, before we dive into what you're working on with My Life Link down there in San Diego and and all the incredible opportunities that you're bringing to people across the globe, let's take it back a bit, though. I was fortunate enough to hear your story, and it was quite moving. Share with our community how we got to where we are today with My Life Link, what you're up to, and the experiences that you went through to get you to here today.
1: Absolutely, Mike. Yeah, the journey to get to where I am today has been painful. I don't think anyone who gets into active recovery comes in on a winning streak. And my losing streak really ran almost 15 years when I, when I finally did my timeline in treatment it was alarming to see that the signs were there you know i grew up in a great house i had a great family i have an identical twin brother strong competition we were athletes in high school i was an athlete in college i didn't have addictive issues to alcohol or drugs in those years you know i hear stories of folks that are getting addicted in their their preteen years you know i didn't drink in high school and i didn't drink a whole lot in college but when i did drink it wasn't normal but I didn't recognize it at the time. So then I move into corporate America. Uh, I look at that show series Mad Men, right? It's if you do deals over bourbon, you do deals over martinis, you sit in first class on a Thursday night and you drink because that's what you do. And that's what started my drinking. And that started to show signs of issues about four or five years into my career. Still didn't recognize it as a problem, just thought I had to cut down on it. The opiate issue is is, is alarming, right? When well, you hear all about opiates, and I can tell you with firsthand experience, that is a part of my story. I did get a surgery done in 2009, which I was prescribed pain medication. And at the time, my wife was very upset with my drinking. She said, you're drinking too much. You need to cut back. And when I found pain meds, I realized I didn't have to drink anymore. You could have the same euphoria and nobody could smell it on your breath. And that worked for a few years. I kept it as in control as possible. I never went outside of my prescription. But then it stopped working and I started to go into withdrawals. And for anyone who's listening who's had experience with opiate withdrawals, it's not pleasant. I joke around a little bit that I was too much of a wimp to ever get a dealer. So I actually stayed within my prescription for over five years. And what does that mean? That means I withdrew two weeks out of the month, every month for almost five years. Wow. That puts a serious toll on your mind. It puts a serious toll on your body. And then obviously in between, you know, I was still drinking heavily. It's hard for me to talk about this portion, which I'm going to mention, but I'm going to do it because the listeners need to understand that you're not alone Is that even though I may act certain way on the outside. I may have had success in, in corporate America. I have a house. I have a car. I didn't go to jail. You need to understand how bad it got for me. So in 2015, I left a wife. I left a four-month-old beautiful baby boy. I left a four-year-old beautiful boy. Wow. And I wasn't done yet. I left them for almost three and a half years. I was still working, I was employed, but I was drinking heavily. I was still on pain medication and it was really starting to demoralize my life. And and that's probably when I really realized like there is something's got to change. It wasn't until the fall of 2017 that I finally admitted to myself that I had a problem. My life had become unmanageable. I couldn't do this alone. I had to turn to a higher power. And I checked myself into Betty Ford Treatment Center in January of 2018. And really, that was a critical component for me because that is uh, when I completely accepted who I was. I wanted to hide from everybody that I had a drug problem, that I had a drinking problem. I didn't want to tell my employers. I didn't want to tell our board members. I didn't want to tell anyone. I wanted to continue to fake it. Unfortunately, the physical symptoms had gotten to the point where I couldn't take anymore. And so I did. I called up our chairman of the board. I called our CEO. I said, I've got a problem. I need to get a treatment. What's ironic a little bit is that, you know, the first reaction was, really? You do? And wow. that's the challenge in, in this world of addiction is that even though we still operate somewhat normal, we're suffering big time. And we have to have some empathy for folks out there and we have to have more lucidity when it comes to recognizing people that may be suffering from addiction.
0: And Matt, just a quick question there cuz I think you just hit on something that's so important. Here you are, a senior healthcare executive, and from the outside into that reaction of your colleagues, really Matt, you had it all together, right? Here you are doing wonderful work in the C-suite for your organization in one of the largest industries, actually the largest industry in our country. And it immediately created that response from your colleagues. Really?
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate, Mike, because I think there's so many people in the workplace that are suffering. And someone like myself, I usually can pick it out now because I can see the tell, right? You know, I'm not a poker player, but you know, when it comes to addiction, I usually can tell if somebody's suffering and I I can proactively reach out. But if you're making money, if you've got the house, if, if your life hasn't become what society would consider unmanageable as in, you know, been arrested, I never had a DUI, I built a tech company over five years. I sold a tech company. So again, people on the outside, my friends, hey, he's doing great. Life is good. He Man, has don't it know all. That, how bad it actually was. So, you know, fast forward to my life link, you know, one of the challenges, you know, in 2014, I started to think about the lack of human connection and addiction. I knew I had a problem. I hadn't gotten to the point of doing anything about it, but I was like, why is it so hard for people to connect with others in addiction, right? We, we got online dating, you can go find cars, you know, you can put criteria points. Why is it so hard for, for someone suffering from any sort of substance use disorder or behavioral addiction to connect with other people they can relate to? So the idea has actually been around for quite a few years, but it took me getting rigorously honest with myself to Betty Ford to say, hey, I'm going to do something about it. And really the tipping point for me was when I discharged from that center, and I I owe my life to Betty Ford. They're an amazing group out there, amazing curriculum, amazing people. But what I got when I discharged was a piece of paper saying, you should call this gentleman. He's in San Diego and he's an alumni of our rehabilitation center. And I said, okay, is he sober? And they kind of looked at me and they're like, well, we hope so. And I said, well, what does he like to do outside of work? What kind of profession is he in? And none of these answers uh, were there. None of them was available to me. And I said, geez, you know, if I'm leaving a top-notch, you know, fairly expensive treatment center, and I can't actually find some folks who are in active recovery that I can relate to, my chances of relapse are pretty high. And that's why we see relapse so high, is that you know, folks come out of a safety of an inpatient treatment center and they get right back into the basalt of want and desire and life and craziness of life. And guess what? They don't have the tools in place to cope with those. And so they relapse. And so that's what really was was the spark that said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to build a platform that allows the human, human connection piece to connect with folks that they can relate to. And I'm also going to build a platform that allows us to reinforce the behaviors and the uh, emotions that we go through every day to stay in recovery and be selfless to others. And, and that's really what got us started. And so we're having fun. We just launched, you know, it, uh, you know we, we, <laughs> I don't, I always joke, I don't have a bunch of money behind me, you know, we're, we're having fun. We're watching the community grow. And I'm sure as we go through the podcast, we'll get into a little bit more of that. But that's really how I got here. It was not fun. I have a lot of regret. I'm going to be making living amends to many, many people in my uh, life. The good news is my family is back together. Uh, my wife and I got back together about a year ago. It's the boys are doing great. I'm an active participant in their lives. I coach Little League. I coach their sports. Uh, I'm present with them. And life is getting easier. Every day, there's triggers. And every day, I have to learn how to process. And I have a community now through my lifelink, whether they live in Turkey or Czechoslovakia or North Dakota or Southern California, they can reach out and support me and give me guidance and and hope when I need it. And that's been really special.
0: Well. Matt, thank you for being so real and so honest with our community about your experience. We are going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on My Life Link in just a moment, but I do want our community to hear from you. What is it like on the other side, right? If there's folks out there listening that might be going through the throes of what you just described, what is life like on the other side?
1: You know, in, in the, the rims of, of AA, they talk about the promises and they say the promises will come, but you have to be patient. And unfortunately for us addicts, yeah, we like immediate gratification, which is why we take a pill or a drink and we get an immediate dopamine fix, right? And so folks will, that are on the periphery that I think if you've gotten to the point where your life has become unmanageable, your wreckage is, is apparent and you know, you're isolated and you feel alone and you feel like there's nobody out there like you, I can tell you there are. And they're they're ready to put their arms around you. You have to have the willingness to get into recovery and you have to do the work. My sponsor likes to tell me that if we were a club, if sobriety and recovery was a club of people who need it, Versus want it, we'd be much larger. There's a lot of people listening that need to be in recovery, but there are some of those people want it. And if you want it and you want it bad enough and you're willing to go at any length, get connected, you know, get connected to people who figured out a pathway to sobriety. I can promise you life gets better, not immediately, (laughs) but I'll tell you, if I were to go back over the last 21 months of my active recovery, I haven't had a a drink or a drug or any mind altering substances at all in, in 21 months. Those first six months were tough. Those second six months were not as tough. And I'll tell you, the last uh, six months, uh, nine months have been have been really, really special. And that's that's important. You, You learn to deal with life on life's terms without having to reach for something outside yourself to make it better.
0: So how are you feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? And what does that look like on your day to day?
1: Yeah. So I've had to really restructure my, my day. So I do wake up in the morning focused on mindfulness, which if you'd asked me that five years ago, I would have said, I don't even understand what you're talking about. But to actually get up early. I get up very early every morning. Uh, My wife thinks I'm insane, but I like that hour when the night animals have have just gone to bed and the morning animals are just waking up. There's a silence there that that puts me at peace and I do my meditation. I have a cup of coffee. I, I sit with myself. No technology and, and I just get ready, ready for the day and whatever the day's gonna throw at me. So mindfulness has been huge. The other thing is physical activity. Yeah. You know, I was an athlete, we talked about this, you know, being college athletes, you know, that's in my blood, it's in my mentality. And I picked up swimming about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, that's a very meditative. You know, I swim anywhere from ten to fifteen miles a week which is, you know, probably a little addictive, but it's a good addictive sport I think for me to have.
0: Well, and let's not let it be lost on on everybody as yeah. as old has been athletes. Uh yeah. swimming is much easier on the old bones uh, than than anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was telling my orthopedic surgery the other day, I was you know, going in there. He's like, man, your flexibility's really improved. I said, well, you know, I, I've gotten a pool and all my <laughs> buddies are these big athletes and complain about weight loss. And I can't get, I can't get in shape. I said, get in the pool, get in the pool and check that out. Right. So it's It's also meditative, you know, when you, when you can, you know, the stroke, the swim, the piece of it, it's, it's solitude. You know, I don't listen to music when I swim. It's just me in the pool and my and, and the stroke. And it is, it's, it's nice, but mindfulness, spirituality Higher power is important to me. I have realized whether you call it God or you call it a football or you call it whatever you want, you could call it a rainstorm. But, but if you're going to be successful in recovery from my standpoint, you have to know that you're not alone. There is no more self will. I, I was built on self will. I don't go off of self will anymore. I know that God, my God is not going to put anything in my path that I can't control, that I, oh, excuse me, that I can't get through. Uh, and I have faith in him and, and that, that you know, I've had a lot of bad things happen, especially in the last six months with things that frankly were are out of my control, that the old mat would have picked up a drink or would have used a drug because it would have escaped it for the moment. It wouldn't have solved the problem, you know, and the new mat can actually step through fear and anxiety with confidence and come out on the other end that much more powerful. So it's really, really important for me to have the, the higher power connection, which is spirituality you know, to me.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing some of those real intimate moments of you and what you do on the daily to continue your journey, Matt. That uh, should be commended. So let's talk about, it. let's dive in uh, from one fellow tech entrepreneur to another. Let's talk about the platform. So my lifelink, you mentioned that it really came out of the experience post Betty Ford. Let's dive in a bit. What is lifelink? My lifelink. What are you guys achieving? And then we'll get into where you see it going in the future as well. But give us the pitch on my lifelink.
1: Absolutely. You know, so we are a sober community. You know, we're a free app. You know, we're on, I guess I have to say, the App Store and Google Play, <laughs> along with all the other apps that are out there. Uh, and, and really, the first component of the My Lifeline story is around what I talked about, that human connection. So when you onboard and register, we do ask you some fairly intimate Questions that help further define who you are. And those could be things like health conditions you suffer from, mental health conditions. It could be the hobbies you're interested in. It could be the occupation. It could be the level of degree, the level of education. It's more than just the, the behavioral addictions that you may have, or obviously the drug or alcohol addictions, which again, you can identify yourself. So that's a really important component to the My Life Link compared to a lot of the other. Uh, apps that are out there is, is, yeah, now people can be completely anonymous and you can answer not applicable to everything. If you want to be, I will tell you though, Mike, in my experience watching this community grow over the last two months, few people do that. People are open books. You know, if you have a history of sexual abuse, if you have a history of, you know, a a major depressive disorder or bipolar two, like they're willing to express that through their tags is what we call them, those attributes, because there's somewhere else in, in the world that has that and is also an addict and, and you're going to relate on different levels. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a gentleman in India who signed up and he, he private messaged me through the app. We have a, a chat feature. And he said, would you mind putting epilepsy as a health condition? You know, and I, I said, no, not a problem. Do you mind if I ask? He said, he's having a lot of trouble finding people with epilepsy that also have uh, alcohol and opiate issues um, and ha- you know, just wants to find people to talk to versus just going out to blogs. You know, and so, you know, overdose victims, people who have attempted suicide, like how do, you know somebody who's attempted suicide or been through an overdose may have a different complexity than somebody who's just a heavy drinker, you know, an alcoholic, but you have to find those people. How do you relate? So, so that's the first component really, Mike, is it's, it's being able to identify yourself as openly as you want to, and then being able to start to find folks that you can relate to to start this journey together. The two other components are, are pretty straightforward. Is uh, we allow you to track the actions that you do every day to stay sober. So it could be a prayer, a meditation, exercise, reading. Uh, it could be any of those things. You know, we have them preset, and then it's also the emotions you go through. Right? If someone's experiencing isolation, they can actually post isolation and talk about it if they want. Let the community bring their arms around you and say, "You know, I went through some isolation the other day. This is what I did." Right. So it creates this community of sharing. And so the emotional tracking, emotion tracking is really important because when you look at relapse, most people relapse when they can't keep their fear and anxiety or their isolation under control or ego. You know, if you're driven by ego, that's a good chance to relapse. And really, the last piece is selfless. You know, When I was in active addiction, I was a very self-centered, selfish person. There was no you and there certainly wasn't a we. It was about me and I. And today, I am 100% focused on selflessness. Right. So, are you encouraging people? Are you sharing your story? Are you coaching? Are you are you mentoring? Are you getting outside of yourself to help someone other than yourself? Because that builds self esteem, which helps you stay in recovery. So that's it. You know, we we it's a light experience. It's not like a Facebook where you're going to just scroll through endless, endless pages of stuff uh, or an Instagram. It really is a, a, a very constructive experience focused on the actions you do every day and being able to connect
0: with people you can relate to. Thanks for the overview, Matt. That is very exciting. Where do you see this work going tomorrow as well? I'm imagining you have a, a long list of feature sets that will be coming out in the future, but where do you see my Life Link heading tomorrow as well?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and you are you know, obviously a very successful tech entrepreneur. So you know what roadmaps are all about. You know, there's, there's what I want to do today. And the addict says I need it today. And then the realist says, got to have money to do it today. Right. So, so there's, there are some limitations here in the short term. You know, I, I, the platform is very solid. Uh, we do have all of the channel content we stream in there. So we've got podcasts, we, you know, uh, we've know we got vlogs, we've got news articles. So we bring a lot of content already to the platform. What I want to do is is be able to create more real-time peer-to-peer connectivity and, and possibly do it really from a, a video standpoint. If you think of Peloton, right? Peloton's a great model. I'm not a bicyclist, but if I can sit in my living room and, and ride at 6 a.m. in the morning with people all over the world, why couldn't I do a stand-up virtual AA meeting or uh, reach out to folks, you know, in need, you know, uh, more of that, that face-to-face interaction. So that's a big piece of my roadmap is I want to I go beyond just a chat. I want to go beyond just posting to the wall. I, I really want folks to have the ability, if they choose to use it, to create more uh, intimacy on face-to-face, regardless of where they, where they live. So that's a, a big component. And then really, the the strategy of the business is around commercialization, is, is it where can this fit into the ecosystem here to try to prevent relapse, right? I mean, our goal right now is I want to prevent relapse. People ask me, well, what would be success to you? Success is moving that relapse rate 1%. And if that works, then I want to move it 2%. But relapse is real. And not just coming out of treatment centers, but even in active recovery, people are relapsing all the time. And, and if I can find a way through this community to keep people tethered to the right behaviors and the right expression of emotions to stay in recovery, then we will be successful because they'll in turn pass that on to somebody else. And so that's, that's a big... So anything we can do to get upstream of the overdose uh, would be ideal, right? I'd like to get this in the hands of folks who don't have to go through more pain. You don't have to have another overdose. You don't have to go to jail. You don't have to lose everything. You don't you know, people have this idea, well, you got to hit rock bottom. Well, your rock bottom doesn't have to be so deep. You know, life can get better, but you got to be willing and you got to be aware that you're not alone and there's people out there who figured it out.
0: So a quick question on that. So we had recently in the podcast studio, Dr. Rob Valick, the, the CEO and founder of OpiSafe. And I was asking him some questions about our youth and around opioid abuse and all of that. Do you anticipate your technology getting in the hands of our youth and in what forms or fashion might you see that happening as well? Are you seeing any trend lines there as well? We're seeing so many headlines right now about our youth, whether it be the vaping crisis or other other types of, you know, alcohol or otherwise. Do you see this as some trend lines within our youth as well?
1: I do so about uh, more than twenty two percent of the the people who signed up so far would fall into that millennial and and a little bit right right after that that generation wow. you know but so that so it goes to show that, that that the younger generations are definitely seeing it. What's interesting is when we look at the analytics, Mike is is uh, the behavioral addictions are alarming. So while we're talking here about my story, you know, with say alcohol and drug use. Uh, the amount of people that are signing up with social media addiction, the amount of people that are signing up with sex addiction, porn addiction, video gaming addiction, right? Wow. We have to make sure that we're talking about, about more than just traditional, I call it the, the DNA or right? the drug and alcohol, because our younger generations, even looking at my boys now are up against a whole new level of challenges. If I take an iPad away from my five-year-old, he goes into a, a rage, Mike. That, that kind of equates to if you took heroin away from from somebody that didn't want that was going through physical withdrawal. Mm. It, it's alarming that the dopamine triggers in these young brains are being driven by all of this social media. Go to their restaurant and tell me how many times yeah. you see kids engage in their phones yeah. if they don't have their phone. I was at dinner last night with my two boys, and they were upset because the kid behind me with his father, just the two of them, the kid's not even eating his food. he's in, a, he's in his dad's phone. So absolutely, we need to quickly expand the discussion beyond just drugs and alcohol. Um, yes, kids still drink. Yes, kids are getting induced to drugs. Yes, the synthetics of fentanyl. I mean, crazy, crazy stories around that stuff where kids are trying it for the first time and dying because it's bad drugs but let's not forget about the behavioral stuff. And that's, that's important.
0: And thanks for further couching that. You know, We do have to remember that it does go beyond, as you mentioned, the, the DNA, drugs and alcohol. Screen addiction is just exploding. As you mentioned, uh, there was a recent documentary done on CNN about porn addiction in our youth because of, well, which ties into the uh, how many screens are now available to our youth, whether it be in their pocket or on their laptop or otherwise. Uh, so I, I appreciate you couching that and, and helping our community really frame up a bit more beyond just as you mentioned the dna so thank you for sharing that man
1: you know i i think that you know when when we look at addiction yeah my father told me once and it sticks with me is that when obsession becomes normal that's addiction Hmm. okay and so when 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 you think about addictions all around us and and unfortunately with a lot of addictions some are stigmatized as good and some are stigmatized as bad but at the end of the day they are bad. If you don't have balance in your life, you have to be careful. Like I I love swimming. Uh, Some could say I'm addicted now to swimming. But if I just swim, 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 I will injure myself, which will throw me back into not being able to exercise, which could throw me back into depression. So for my life now, it's about even keel sailing. It's about making it across the river. It doesn't have to be the fastest. Don't want to be the slowest, but I want to just make it across. You know. And I think that with these addictions, people have to pay attention to the things that they're doing that, that are obsessive, that are starting to become normal form. And that's, that's why people ask me why we track so many different addictions in the app. Because you got to see it. The percentage of people who are selecting only one is less than 3%. Wow. So, and I, I don't know that I've off top my head. I can find it. But the percentage that are selecting more than three is material. And it's alarming, but it's reality. And and so we make sure that we can bring content to educate folks on everything from say cutting to pain to porn to sex to opiates to anxiety medications benzos meth etc right but it, but when you start to have multiple ad, uh, addictions I call it the garbage pail effect uh, at one point I was on four or five different types of pills and drinking like. You want to talk about your brain scrambles? Wow. I mean, where do you start? I mean, the physical symptoms of withdrawing from one or more, you can talk to any clinician, they say, is almost unbearable. And so, so we have to be aware that this is real. This is society. And it's not a U.S. problem. It's a global problem.
0: Well, let's stay real. Obviously, you're incredibly passionate about your work, and, and that's why I wanted to highlight it on this podcast. Let's bring it down to the ground level. What are two or three action items that our community listening in can implement with your work and mission? Absolutely.
1: You know, I, I think the, the one thing that stands at top is growth, right? You know, in this day and age with, with social media and apps and everybody trying to solve a niche problem, you know, you can get lost in the fray very easily. You know, part of the value of my lifelink is to get it into a more hands, you know, of people who want to get sober and want to stay sober. And so my ask to the community is download the app. If if you're in active recovery and you want to share that experience with others, this is a great starting point. We have tons of newcomers signing up every day that are trying to find strength and hope to stay in recovery for another day. So we need more people with good sobriety, good foundation of, of things that they do every day to stay in recovery, to help support these, these folks. And if you're listening and you're on the fence let me tell you, get off the fence, come join the community, and, and come find all the people that actually relate exactly to your story. You know, And, and, and so, so really, user growth is important. You know, I'm, I'm focused a lot on the on media events, and I appreciate your opportunity here because you have such a great following and so respected in this industry. Because it's the way to get it out. You're going to have some listeners that are going to like, oh my god, I relate to that guy's story. Well, download the app and come share your story. Come inspire 5 people today who are still trying to find some solace and that addiction is something that can be controlled. Okay. So that that's a big one. And then obviously on the influencer side, you know, if you have folks that are listening that have built cool little business niches, we're looking for content. We're streaming channels, you know, anything that you can do. If you're doing something really, really unique, really, really special to help this world of addiction, I would love to hear about it because it's probably a good way to work together. There's no ego driving this thing. You know, we didn't go raise a bunch of money. These aren't a bunch of non addicts trying to start this thing and hopefully have a quick exit. This is an addict who's doing this. And if I spend the balance of my life focused on this and never even clear a dime, I'm okay with that because it's keeping me alive and it's keeping a lot of people alive. So if you're an influencer out there, you got good stuff. Bring it.
0: Well, you just teed me up for the next question, Matt. How can the community around the world that is hearing your message on this podcast? How can they touch base with you? Uh, social media handles, websites, and like. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. This day and age, you know, it's like my. I think we were joking before. The, my PR uh, agency is like, "What do you mean you don't understand social media?" I said, "Well, I've never <laughs> had to do that in my career. You know, I'm a black and white finance guy." Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, so we're on we're on social. I think Instagram, obviously, you know, at my life link uh, on Twitter, we're at my life link. The number one. You know the website's a good starting point. It, it'll have the app downloads right there as well, whether you're Google, Droid, or Apple. But that's uh, mylifelinkapp.com, dot com. You know, and and that's really the the best way to to reach out um, to us. Um, we you know we're we're constantly looking for, for folks to try this out. Uh, we're looking for feedback. The feedback we've gotten so far has been tremendous. We, are, we have a very agile platform. We can make a lot of changes really quickly uh, to how the platform was designed. So, so getting more feedback is going to be important for us. You know, I, I can't say
0: that enough. So let's boil it down though. If there's one problem, need, or question that you currently have personally or, or with your startup that the community can help you with, what is that one problem, need, or question?
1: I would probably say the problem by growth. I think for us, we need, if you're listening and you have media influence, if you're listening and you have influence in general, or just folks who want to try this out, we need growth. You know, I need growth more than I need revenue. You know, and that's a nice place to be. Right. And, and, and I've built companies before where it's like, man, you got to raise a bunch of money so you can stay. We don't need that right now. You know, obviously, you know, we will at some point down the road, look at at, at some capitalization so we can obviously deliver a a better, better, better product to this market. Um, But for right now we need growth. We need people who want to get this out. Um, If you know somebody who's suffering. If you are suffering yourself, you know, come check us out. You know, I, I will tell you that, that about 15% of the signups are actually the folks that are suffering along with the addicts. They're the family members are wow. the ones who, who are trying to connect with other people who have to live with addiction in their household or their friends, and they don't know what to do. You know, and so it's really special to see the family members get involved on the platform and starting to socialize with each other and and giving each other constructive feedback on how to cope and maintain a life of happiness despite
0: the, the chaos going on. So for our community uh, in the episode notes, uh, we'll leave some links for our, our guest form submission so you can leave some comments and ideas for Matt that we'll share out uh, to him and his uh, colleagues at My Life Link. So do look for those links within the episode notes. We'll also include, Matt, all of your social handles and links within the episode notes as well. Uh, so uh, no worries there. Well, let's close this out, Matt. I'm going to ask you, give you an open-ended sentence. And I'd love for you to fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because?
1: Because I'm building a company that saves my life. You know, uh, when I think about the best companies uh, that I see, you know, uh, throughout the, you know, my life in business, it's, it's ones that are founded on principles that have a direct impact to the lives of the founders. It's not economically driven. I built my lifeline, let me be clear, to save my life and to save somebody else's life. Uh, you know, I knew that the only way I would ever get into recovery or stay in recovery is to find people that I could relate to on more than just the drug I was addicted to, or the, or the alcohol, the behavioral addiction. I, I knew they were out there. I knew they were probably in my neighborhood. I couldn't find them. It's not easy to find them. And so I, that is a huge part of me is that I'm founding this because this is saving my life, and and if it can save my life, it can save your life. I mean, it's as simple as that. And and you've seen the wreckage. I mean, I do reminisce, Mike. You know, fifteen years. I, I somebody asked me I said, "You wish you could go back fifteen years?" And the answer is no. Do you know why? Because if I, if my life had been perfect and there was no addiction, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. So God put addiction in my life and the wreckage of my life so that I had the opportunity to create a platform to connect the globe on an issue that is absolutely detrimental to our society and will only get worse. And so I'm okay with that wreckage because here I am talking to you right now.
0: Wow. Just gave me goosebumps, Matt. It's quite inspiring will know that you have a new friend, a mile high in, well, hi. in here in downtown Denver. And of course, with our community beyond, thank you for being so real and so authentic today on the podcast. I cannot wait for our community to hear your story and more importantly, for them to reach out and continue to help your mission on bringing a community around the world together to move through the grasp of addiction. So thank you for your authenticity, Matt we applaud your efforts and know that we will continue to do all we can to support your journey.
1: Thanks, Mike. I, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. I, I love what you guys are doing. And, and to have a chance on a forum like this is truly magical. So thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli.